Welcome to the George Washington University Business of Sports podcast. We talk about sports, careers, mentors, networking, and a lot more here. And we do the show from the GW campus in Foggy Bottom. I'm Mark Hyman, professor in the sports management program, and my producer is Henry Levy. Our guest today is Jeff Diamond, former president of the Tennessee Titans and former GM of the Minnesota Vikings. Today, Jeff is a sports consultant, and he also writes an NFL column for the Sporting News. Footnote, Jeff's son, Brett, is a GW alumnus. In my conversation with Jeff, we discussed his humble first job in sports, his path to the top of two NFL franchises, and how to impress in a job interview. With that introduction, again, welcome, Jeff. Thank you, Mark. Happy to be here. Great. So uh, yesterday you spoke to a number of student groups on campus, and um, in my class you said something that that I found quite interesting. You were asked to kind of reflect on your career and and look back on the decisions and, and the kind of arc of your career. And uh, whether you had any doubts or second guesses about any of the decisions that you'd made along the way, and, and you said really no, that you hadn't. I wondered if you would talk about that. Yeah, definitely. I think that what I was saying in terms of if it happened to me today, I think it's a different environment, different era in terms of of study and college and so forth. And and I was a journalism political science graduate of the University of Minnesota. But I think today, if I was starting out in, in the world of sports, the sports business world, I would probably go ahead and get an MBA, get a law degree or something of that nature. But at the time, the, it really wasn't something that was necessary for me to do my job and to, to advance in, the, in the, the business as I did to become a GM, to become a, a team president. And so I, I think that, that really there wouldn't be anything that I would specifically change Unless it was today, then I then I would have made sure I got my MBA or my law degree or whatever. But but I think overall the the career arc I had was exciting. It was fun. A lot of different changes I that I had, and a lot of different people I worked with, and and some were great to work with, some not so great to work with, as everybody experiences in their career. And I think it's just about being flexible, being able to adapt, make changes, and. And I had a major change when I left the Vikings in my hometown of Minneapolis, where I had lived for 45 years, and then went down to Tennessee as president of the Titans. And that was a huge cultural change, moving to the South. And but it was it ended up being a, a fantastic career move uh, for me with my experience with the Titans. So uh, on this podcast, we're, we're very interested in kind of the story of how our guests did it. How they ended up where they you know at the top of, of the sports industry in, in your case so tell us I mean take us back to those early days when you were um, you know applying for a job and 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 first began working for the Vikings yeah and what I what I talked about to the students last night is in terms of trying to get as many opportunities as you can get in terms of in, internships and whatever experiences you can get in the sports world to build your resume. And I think that's what I was trying to do initially. And I started on an internship with the Vikings right out of the University of Minnesota. And I had an internship project where I wrote a book and with my journalism background. And 
wrote the book, sold the book to uh, one of our team sponsors, a bank, and, and also to a, a local bookstore chain. And the, and the project made $50,000, $60,000, which convinced them to go ahead and hire me full-time. So I started out as an assistant PR director. And that first year, we went to the Super Bowl with the Vikings and the Purple People Eaters. And, and it was an exciting experience. And I thought, wow, this is an easy business. And I waited 22 years to get back to a Super Bowl when I was in Tennessee in 1999. But I think the, the career arc was just kind of interesting because I started to get more interested in, in, in the business side as opposed to the PR communication side. And I got opportunities to advance. And one of the stories I told was, was when uh, my first advancement to become head of the team travel was because the team was late to a game in Detroit when the previous traveling secretary had us on the freeway with no police escort, we arrived at the game that was starting at 1 o'clock. We arrived at 1.05, and the, the game officials were standing there telling Bud Grant, our Hall of Fame coach, and, which was partially his fault because he wanted to get to the stadium one hour before the game. Most coaches get there three hours or four hours before the game. He wanted to get there one hour before the game. He didn't like the players sitting around the locker room. And so it was always a, a, a very kind of, kind of nerve-wracking experience to get the team to the game on time. And so we show up late. The officials say you're getting fined $10,000, 15-yard penalty. And the traveling secretary was fired. And they gave me, a 23-year-old, second-year person in the league, gave me the job of traveling secretary and head of team travel. And, then, and, and also was running training camp and, and the team facility at the time. And we also were in the midst of, of beginning to lobby for the new stadium, the new Metrodome at the time. And, and with my political background, our general manager asked me to spend time over at the Capitol working with the lobbyists and kind of reporting back to him. And so that I got involved with that project too. And then when the Metrodome was approved, I was put in charge of all the team activities over there, all the team facilities, including we, we were building our own our own space with a ticket office, a locker room, a lounge, and, and a lot of other things, the private suites that we were going to operate. And so I was selling suites. I was, I was involved with the construction manager and the architects. And I think at that point, our GM saw that I had kind of an aptitude for the business, uh, the NFL. And so he asked me to help start helping him with contract negotiations. He had nobody that, that was helping him. And so I started assisting on contract negotiations and started out by just doing research, helping with the preparation for him. And then he kind of turned over some of the late round draft picks, some of the undrafted free agents, some of the easy contracts that I got my feet wet with. And then when he left five years later, uh, I was hired as the, as the official GM and started doing all the contracts. And that was kind of how things advanced in my early years at the Vikings. You had to be open to these new assignments and challenges, and, and apparently you were. Yeah, I think I was, and I think there were some really major challenges with getting the new stadium approved, all the all the governmental entities you had to go through that and that process, all the lobbying work, and and I think also there were some. We were one of the trailblazers in terms of doing international games, and so we played a game in London. We were the first team to play in London. Back in the early 80s, we also played in, in Sweden, we played in Berlin, we played in Tokyo. And as coordinating the team travel at that time, 
that was a major undertaking when we did, did these international trips because we'd involve the families, and so it was a lot more people, a lot more events to coordinate, and and that was a, an interesting process. Plus, working with sponsors, getting to be involved more with sponsors. Volvo was a big sponsor of our game in, in, in Gothenburg, Sweden, for example. And so it was, I think, a lot of good experiences that kind of led me towards getting a, a bigger role in the organization. But I, you know, I think there's an important lesson here for young people re- with regard to when opportunities come your way and you may not, I mean, I don't know whether you felt fully prepared to take on all of these things all the time. Not necessarily. <laughs> but you jumped in. So, yes. you know, tell us about that. Were there moments when you didn't feel prepared for some of the things that came your way? Yeah, I think when we were in London, that first game in London, and we had a promoter, who was a little shady, so to speak, and he kept trying to change the contract. And I'm over there, and our GM is over in Minneapolis, and I'm on the phone with him saying, hey, he's trying to change this and this and this. And and so I'm kind of the negotiator for the team on that and that point, those points. And, and we had very little help from the league office at that time on that particular game. Now, later, the league office took over the international games, and it was much easier because they did a lot of the legwork. But... Not early on, we were really the focal point. So, so yeah, there were some things that, that I didn't necessarily feel prepared to do and stadium-wise in terms of construction, working with construction managers and architects. Yeah, I had, I had worked on designing a home that we lived in and, and, uh, and working with the contractor on that, but that's different than a stadium. <laughs> and so it's, it's a very interesting process. And I, and I think that you're absolutely right that you have to take on new challenges. You have to be willing and communicate that and, and have that body language that, yeah, give it to me. I want it. I want to take it on and, and then just deal with it as it comes. Last night, you um, kind of laid out several qualities <laughs> or credentials that, that you thought were important in terms of hiring and, and the kind of people you want working in, in your organization. I jotted some of them down as we were speaking. You said flexibility, uh, problem solving, teamwork, um, the ability and willingness to take on new assignments. Um, how does a, a young person, a student who is applying for an entry-level job, how do they communicate to the person they're interviewing with that they have these qualities and that, and that they would be an asset to the team? Well, I think first of all, <clears throat> a lot of it is about how you present yourself in an interview. And one, one of the things I do with the agent group that I work with now is I, I work with our players on interview prep for the combine, for example, and when they meet with teams and talk with them about, <clears throat> about how to present themselves, how to speak clearly, don't say you know and like and um, and, and make sure you're communicating very effectively. Eye contact, very important. Body language, very important. And... The clothing you're wearing, how you look, all those type of things. Turn your cell phone off in an interview, and then go ahead and, and be very forthright and very honest and sincere about what you think your strengths are, what you think you can contribute to an organization. And I think those are the things that you have to get through in an interview. And because first impressions are extremely important in a job interview situation. And so that that's what I was trying to the message to get across to the students and and also to communicate that that yes I'm flexible yes I'm willing to do new assignments 
Uh, I, I love to take on challenges and just to make sure you're communicating those things very effectively in an interview. Yeah, I mean, we talk sometimes in class about the importance of problem solving and, and how the coursework, although this may not be evident to students all the time, how they're developing problem solving techniques and skills in class, you know, in projects they do and other exercises that they do in class. And I'd be interested to hear you speak about that. How important is this ability to kind of think on your feet and problem solve without a lot of direction um, in an organization like an NFL club? I, I think it's extremely important because that's going to happen all the time that things are, are going to be thrown at you, different problems, different situations that you have to deal with, that you have to manage. And, and that's where you're going to show your strengths and your willingness to work with people. I think the teamwork element is really important and that you, you're not communicating that, hey, I'll do it by myself. I don't need any help. That, that really doesn't work in uh, business or teams or whatever type of situation you're in that everybody needs some help. Everybody needs to, to, to be able to work with other people effectively and communicate with people and not be ha, have an arrogance or not be condescending that even if you think that someone's what they're saying is not right or whatever you you respect their opinion their right to state their opinion and then and you state your opinion and you try to collaborate and and have a meeting of the minds as you're going through projects and and certainly there's some things you're going to do by yourself but a lot of things you're going to be working with other people and you have to be able to be able to work effectively with others mm. You've had, as I mentioned at the top, you've worked in management, you've worked on the player side, you're a member of the media. Currently, I would say, you're writing columns, you're on the radio. Has that given you a better and deeper appreciation of each of those roles um, in the sports industry? Yeah, it definitely has. And, and I did a lot of those type of things even when I was working for teams, when I was working for the Vikings, working for the Titans, I, I was doing publication work, I was doing a lot of writing work, and and a lot of media work. And when I was president of the Titans, I'd do a weekly radio gig on our, on our team flagship station. And so I had a lot of training before I left the NFL and then went into the consulting world and then went into the media world and started doing daily radio and, and doing some, some Sunday night TV stuff uh, during, the, during the NFL season. And I, I think all that training in my job helped me for my post-career work that I'm doing now. And then in terms of just the flexibility as, as a sports consultant now with different clients that I'm involved with, one being, as you said, the agent group out of Minneapolis, and, and one being a fitness company, a startup fitness company that's got some great unstable balancing devices that we're selling to the teams. And, and yet my NFL background again plays into the equation because part of the reason they brought me aboard was because of my contacts and I'm able to get us meetings with these teams. And so far we've met with eight teams. Every team has bought the equipment, which is fantastic, exciting for the future. But I think having these contacts helped me get in the door at places such as the Dallas Cowboys, the Los Angeles Rams, the New England Patriots, on and on. And so the Vikings and the Titans, obviously, because of my background and my contacts there. And then working on with a company that does stadium signage and branding work. And again, 
hitting my contacts and talking to those folks. And so uh, the Asian business in particular has been very, a very interesting process, as we talked about, in terms of uh, being on the other side of the table. But yet the principles of negotiation still remain the same. It's just a, a different mindset coming from the other side. And it's still about preparation, about research, about doing your negotiating effectively and understanding what you want to achieve, what the other side is trying to achieve, and then going through the process and also understanding that you have to make sure you're managing your own client's expectations, which is difficult when you're dealing with players as contracts, more difficult than when I was on the management side and I had to deal with my owner and he knew there was a salary cap and he wasn't real worried about it. <laughs> Before we let you go, um, I, I'm hoping to talk to you a little bit about mentors and the importance of mentors in your life. Yeah, definitely. And I think that my first GM in Minnesota, a guy named Mike Lynn, he he was a, a very important mentor and he was the one that gave me my first opportunities to advance and, and become headed on the path towards being a GM and gave me the opportunity to get involved with, with stadium work, with with uh, contract work, contract negotiations, and, and helping to manage all the areas I was doing, whether it was early on team travel, team training camp, all those type of things. He was the one that kind of gave me those opportunities. And, and I learned a lot of good and, and some bad from watching him in negotiations because in his early, in our early years, there was no free agency. The team really had the leverage and power. All a player could do was hold out and he couldn't become a free agent and leave. And so the club had all the power. And, and I think my GM at the time, Mike, abused that power. And, and he would beat the agents down and beat the players down. And that would not have worked once free agency hit the NFL. And all of a sudden, if you beat up a player on a contract and he comes up for free agency, well, he's going to want to go somewhere else. Or the agent's going to want to take him somewhere else because he's had a bad deal done. So you couldn't do that anymore. You could still negotiate aggressively on behalf of the team and do your job, but it just had to be a little bit of a softer sell, so to speak. And, and so I learned a lot from him. I learned a lot from a lot of the people over the years uh, in, in, in the media world, from the, from the hosts I've worked with, in the consulting world, from, from different client experiences, the lobbying world, working with, with my political firm in Nashville, and, and so it's, yeah, mentorship is really important. And I told the story last night about when we drafted Randy Moss in Minnesota. And he had a lot of character issues at the time, concerns coming out of high school and out of, out of college. And, and he fell in the draft. And this is a Hall of Fame talented player who dropped to us at the Vikings in the 1998 draft down to 21. He was clearly a top five talent, but... What we did was we talked to Chris Carter, who was our Pro Bowl receiver, now Hall of Fame receiver, and we said to Chris, will you be willing to mentor Randy Moss and make sure he understands what it takes to be a, a, a professional football player in the NFL and not make the mistakes he made in college? And Chris said yes and did a fantastic job doing it. Randy was Rookie of the Year, caught 17 touchdown passes. We went 15-1. and one. And should have gone to the Super Bowl, but didn't quite make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so mentorship can take many forms. 
Absolutely. It, it can be very, um, you know, affirming. It can be, it can teach you lessons both positive and negatively. Um, it can be an active kind of mentorship and it can be something that you don't really appreciate until after the fact. Yeah, that's, that's all very, very true. And, but the mentorship is important. And I think it's about keeping an open mind and being open and accepting praise, accepting criticism, constructive criticism, and, and also learning from people that you're dealing with, whether it's your professors, whether it's your fellow students, whether it's jobs that you're doing, and just always being alert and, and aware of your surroundings and what's happening and, and just understanding that it's, it's, a, it's a fluid world that we live in and that you have to be ad adaptable to that world. Jeff Diamond, we're so pleased, number one, that you came to GW, and number two, that you. that you stopped by our world headquarters for uh, today's podcast. Well, it's, it's fun to be here, and, and I, I, I said to our producer, Henry, as we walked in, I said, I remember being in that auditorium with my son for freshman orientation way back when, and, and so it's, it's fun to be back at GW. I texted him a couple pictures, and he said, oh, that's my old stopping ground, so it was fun. <laughs> that's great. Thanks again, Jeff. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, Mark.